T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. They haven't won a World Series in a century or so. So what? They're here. Every April, they're here. The 105 or 705, there is a game. If it gets rained out, guess what? They make it up to you. Does anyone else in your life do that? It's time for Hit and Run. Don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. Throw some ground balls. It's more democratic. Cubs and White Sox conversation every Sunday morning till Cubs first pitch. Any bet against my Sox this series is a sucker bet. Of course, I'm not a gambling man. Hosted by Matt Spiegel. I want the absolute truth here. Are you 100%? Yeah, what I about something like that you better you want to make this team connecting with you the baseball fanatic there's no crying in baseball no crying hit and run on sports radio 670thescore670thescore.com and the radio.com app good morning to you baseball fans happy sunday morning Gosh, it's going to be glorious today. High of 71 in the sun. Terrific weekend of uh, baseball teams in town. The Red Sox are here to slaughter the White Sox, apparently. My goodness, that was some hideous stuff last night. The Cardinals are here to get their butts beat by the Cubs, apparently. Lots to talk about today, and the phone lines are wide open right away for you, especially this first hour, because we get busy later. It's 312-644-6767. is how you can text. You can find me on Twitter at MattSpiegel670. Javier Baez wants to know where all the talkers are now. First 10 games of the season, said Javi. It was everybody talking about us. And now where's everybody? Here they are. They were 2-7, and and now... At 18 and 12, you can do that math. That's 16 and 5 in their last 21. In terms of run differential, these Chicago Cubs are second in all of Major League Baseball. The Tampa Rays, amazingly enough, are a plus 46 on the strength of some real good uh, pitching, including Tyler Glass now, who they appear to have fleeced the Pittsburgh Pirates for. The Cubs are second. At plus 43. I love looking at run differential, as should you. They are one of seven teams. Perfect moment to hit a grand slam in his first homer. and It was a good decision, I think. They don't think that way. So they were just trying to get it out. And, you know, they, they made the wrong pitch to Taylor Davis. That's Javier Baez talking about Taylor Davis. And we'll talk about that grand slam in a moment. But they're one of seven teams, are those Cubs, at plus 30 or better. Rays, Cubs, Houston. The Dodgers, the Yankees, this sound like the best teams in baseball to you? That's why we like love, love looking at run differential around here. Those are your top five. And then the Diamondbacks, surprisingly, and the Cardinals at plus 30. The Cubs are a half game back of St. Louis. If they win tonight, they're a first-place team in this complicated and difficult division here by the 5th of May. And you wouldn't have thought that was coming. 
when they started off two and seven. I want to talk with you, the Cub fan at three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven, about why this is happening. Why are they here? What is it? What has gone on? What has happened? Where does the credit fall for this turnaround? The sixteen and five turnaround. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. What is it? What has gone on? Who do you credit and why? I'll tell you this, the Cubs have hit the dimension that Joe, Joe Madden wants to live in. Do you, do, you, do you read this stuff from Friday? I mean, you know I love Joe, and you know I'm a hippie. We know Joe's a hippie. I was once sitting next to Joe interviewing him here on a, on, on a Tuesday, um, and I was pointing out the text screen to him. We get these texts at 67011, right? Some of you are texters, and you can say positive things. You can say negative things. You can call people names. You can be as anonymous as you want, although we do have your phone numbers. Um, but, you know, people can say all sorts of things. And one time, a guy called Joe Madden a hippie blowhard. Said, you know, this guy's a hippie blowhard. And Madden looked at that. I pointed it out to him and looked at that. Shook his head and said, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. And just laughed. Laughed it off. Here's Joe from Friday. <laughs> Our guys are pretty sharp mentally right now. That's really what's controlling all this. The game begins, and we've got a nice edge about us in the dugout. This is from John Greenberg's column in The Athletic. And I don't know if John Greenberg had toked up with with Joe or not, but it sure read like it. It all starts in the head and the mind. Then we go out there, and there's a believability that something good is going to happen. Analytically speaking, it's hard to describe. You can't put numbers on it. It's a feel, and it exists. There's another dimension out there, brother. <laughs> That's a baseball manager who said that. Right now, when you're playing in that other dimension, everybody feels it, and you've got to ride it as long as you can. They'll tell you this is true. There, isn't, there is an intangible contagion to a red-hot baseball team. We have seen it. We've watched it. We have felt it, and so have they. The smartest guys in the game, the most analytical guys in the game will tell you they know what it feels like when a team is just on fire. You get them honest enough with truth serum if needed, and sometimes guys get old and wise enough, they don't need the truth serum anymore. This batch has it. And you know what it leads to? It leads to improbable heroes. It leads to comebacks that can feel faded. It leads to the ability to withstand some horrific performances. Um. And, you know, we'll see. There'll be losses soon. There could be a loss tonight. We know how it is. But enjoy that contagion. When you have achieved the transcendence of getting to that other dimension, Joe Madden has hit his preferred dimension. Got to ride it. Ride it as long as you can. So why is this happening? Is, is it the, the, the dimensional shift? Is that up there? 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open. Let's talk about this. Uh, the Red Hot Cubs right here on Hit and Run on uh, 670, the score. And obviously there are schematic reasons for part of why it's happened. But you have to give Joe Madden some credit here. You have to give the new leadership arrangement of all these different folks, these personalities that they brought in. Because you know what they were trying to do? They were trying to change the vibe. If you ask them directly, if you talk to them directly in the offseason, I remember talking to Jed Hoyer at Cubs convention, said, Jed, you know, I'm looking around and I see all this stuff that's not about the roster that you're trying to tweak. They brought in more guys for the mental skills department, like Bob Tewksbury, right? 
they uh, they changed the coaches around, brought in Anthony Iposi, brought in Tommy Hadovy. Uh, both guys, um, extensions of the front office in some way, but personality-wise, expected to be a jolt of energy and a different kind of mix for Joe. They talked about all the different things as uh, as written up in The Athletic just a couple of days before the season finally began, all the stuff that came up in exit interviews. More More batting practice every day, more attention to detail, all those kinds of things. Less fast food and beer on the road and on the flights and all the, all those kinds of things. They were trying to change the vibe. And here's your manager saying, right now, everybody feels it in that other dimension. You've got to ride it as long as you can. I bet that Theo and Jed are digging this moment very much. It's not a ball spike. We're still just on the 5th of May. But this is what you wanted to create, is this kind of feeling that you have right now. And Joe Madden's embrace of this new leadership arrangement needs to be given some credit here. So give it up for Joe. Um, as embattled as he has been, and I've been critical, a lot of folks have been critical, but if you listen to him talk about the hitters, man, he is locked in as he discusses these hitters. You want to talk about Chris Bryant's struggles or Chris Bryant turning around? Joe Madden will give you details about all sorts of things mechanically that is going on with Bryant that Madden knows that he might, he didn't know last year. He, 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 he didn't know the year before, really. He wasn't quite as clued in as this. You want to talk about Kyle Schwarber and how Schwarber started with this great approach and then this, the results went away and now Schwarber's back and locked in. Joe will give you chapter and verse on this stuff because he is locked and loaded in picking apart these hitters as the, the roving hitting instructor that he once was with the Angels years and years ago. So give it up for Joe a little bit. But also this, uh, this starting rotation is, is where you have to go in terms of, of, of on the field what has happened. Since the, in these last 18 games... The Cubs starting rotation has a 2.15 ERA. Okay, so it's been great by the numbers. They've also eaten innings a lot. And there's a power that, that transcends beyond just those guys doing their job. You know this about starting pitchers. You know that when John Lester goes seven and when Jose Quintana, or not, excuse me, when, um, when Kyle Hendricks goes nine, then yesterday when you Darvish starts to crap the bed right there in the fifth inning at a moment when he cannot do that, and we can talk about that, but when you Darvish starts to fall apart, okay, boom, let's go, let's go. Be aggressive. You got everybody, uh, everybody's available. Use guys as early as you want. Had Alan Webster warming up before uh, the Taylor Davis Grand Slam. And then Darvish given a chance to pitch in the, in the fifth and walks the first two guys. Good night, everybody. But the power of that rotation settling in, it alleviates pressure from the bullpen. It alleviates the need of certain guys from the bullpen. You don't have to see some of the mop-up jamokes or whoever that might be at a moment that you don't trust. You don't have to put people in situations that, uh, that you'd rather not put them in. And when that rotation settles in and just a little bit of offense comes, guys pitch with a lead, guys play with a lead, it's a completely different thing. And then I, I look at the bullpen maneuvers. I look at the bullpen maneuvers from the 6th of April when things were bleak and they quickly acted. You remember they acted. Carl Edwards Jr. down to the minors and Mike Montgomery to the injured list. 
and you know Brendan Ryan comes up here, and uh, eventually Dylan Maples comes up here, and you've gotten to look at some other guys. Tim Collins came up and went down. Randy Rosario came up and went down. You've gotten to look at different folks, and. What's happened since that maneuver is that the Cubs have the second best bullpen ERA in baseball since April 6th, since that moment right there. We knew they were going to need 14 guys. We knew they were going to need 13, 14, 15 guys. They told us so. And they're going to use the guys they have. Stop your Kimbrel dreaming. It's not happening. They're going to use what they have. They hoped Brandon Morrow was going to come back, but even if he doesn't at all, which is likely probably at this point, they're going to use all these different guys, and they've already started those machinations. And new ones will come. New ones will come as needed. And I like that they were aggressive in making those moves. And I don't know when I'm going to trust Carl Edwards Jr. again. It's not going to be anytime soon. But they might. And the other thing that you have to credit is the unlikely hitters who got rolling at the beginning, as Brizzo was not. As Bryant and Rizzo were finding it and struggling, the Jason Haywards of the world were explosive and playing so well. Daniel Descalso with a very nice start that has cooled down just a little bit. And obviously Javier Baez picking up right where he has. Wilson Contreras with the best start by any catcher in baseball by a mile. By a mile. There's nobody close to what Contreras has done offensively in terms of catcher. And now they've withstood that. And here are Rizzo and Bryant. Pretty much being Rizzo and Bryant. If you're watching Bryant, you're seeing you're seeing the improvement. You're seeing the barrels, and it's there in, in the numbers too with the on base percentage. But you're seeing you're seeing the barrel of the baseball hit the ball and and hit it pretty damn hard. And you're you're going to see uh, you're going to see more and more results from Bryant as we go here. I picked a good moment to trade for him in fantasy just before the breakout, much to the consternation of my trade partner. But so it goes. I'm enjoying the, uh, the intangible contagion that a hot baseball team can bring. Uh, I hope you are. 312-644-6767 is the phone number if you want to hop in and talk about this Cubs team and where they are right now. Um, at 10 o'clock, Chris Ranji is going to be here. My dude, Chris Ranji. Longtime guy. Longtime score guy. Longtime uh, White Sox pre and post guy. Now, Afternoon radio stalwart in St. Louis. Chris Ranji is on his way. At 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to Omar Vizquel, the manager of the AA Birmingham Barons in the White Sox system. As Luis Robert is there, and we will check in on whether it's Lou Bob or La Pantera. I think it should be La Pantera. Jim Fegan uh, convinced me the other day with his article and when you add all the context, you realize, you know who's calling him La Pantera? His teammates, his countrymen and his teammates, based on how he plays. That's better than Lou Bob. So we'll talk about that with Omar Vizquel at 11 o'clock. And before this hour is up, you're going to hear some really interesting stuff from Chris Sale, our Bruce Levine, among those who got a chance to talk to Sale yesterday after he pitched on Friday night. Chris Sale on the on the long-term contract that he signed early on that fits the trend, speaks to the trend around MLB these days, and on his intensity then, his intensity now. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. It's hit and run right here on 670 The Score. Davis hits a high fly ball. Deep left field. Get out the tape measure. Grand slam. Grand slam, Taylor Davis. The ball game is tied at five. And it's starting to feel like a Cubs-Cardinals Saturday afternoon at Wrigley. 
Highlight courtesy of us here at 670 The Score. That's Pat Hughes. Excitable. They walked Kyle Schwarber, did St. Louis, and the booze rained down. And there's uh, Taylor Davis, and he does that. That is his first career big league home run. He's 29 years old. 29 years old, and he's in this organization because he frames pitches really well. He's on that field yesterday because he was really good for you, Darvish, two starts ago. So maybe he'd be really good for you, Darvish, yesterday. He still had good things to say about Darvish at the end. And Darvish's outing was weird. It, it You know, it's a Darvish outing. Of course it's weird. It's just always weird. But anyway, Davis ended up having the effect offensively. Here's a little bit of his post game with Len Casper and Jim Deshaies. From WGN, uh, this is after Anthony Rizzo came out and got him with some uh, some liquid. I think it was water. Um, halfway through the interview, this is Casper uh, and Davis. It's been a long road for you. You've had a little taste of the big leagues the last couple of years. An extended shot here. How does that feel for you in the big picture? Yeah, it feels great. Um, you know, I said, uh, you know, when when uh, spring training ended, my only goal here was to help this team win some way or another, whether it's on the field, off the field, in the clubhouse, behind the plate, at the plate, whatever I could do. Um, you know, first game, I think I did it defensively, and today, I able, able off. Obviously, I was able to uh, thankfully do it offensively. That's Taylor Davis celebrating that grand slam right there. This is Javier Baez because he was part of the celebration at home plate as Davis got there after the grand slam. I'll pimp it myself. <laughs> I was at first, I mean at third, and as soon as the ball was hit, I knew it was going. So the wind was blowing in too, so mm-hmm. crushed that ball, and it was a huge moment for him and obviously his family and, and our teammates. Uh, yeah, I was pimping myself as he's going around the bases. And Davis didn't really give it a bat flip. He gave it kind of a bat shove. He shoved it off to the side, enjoyed it. Look, there's, there's lots of pictures out there of those four guys celebrating at, at home plate, and obviously the video. Look for a moment. Take a moment and and check out the four men celebrating that Grand Slam together at home plate. You got Baez, a top 10 pick, um, preliminary, uh, before Theo and Jed got here. You have Schwarber, a top 10 pick, both of them having dealt with hype of, of very, very large proportions. Remember, Avi Baez is coming through the system. He's Gary Sheffield, man. He's the second coming of Gary Sheffield with that bat speed. Then he comes up and he strikes out every time. I think I, it was a ridiculous number of strikeouts in that first stint. And then some, some people were like, you know what? We should trade Javier Baez for pitching. Some people said that. I don't know who they were. And Schwarber, who, who came up and, and right away had these storybook epic moments when he eventually got there. And he'd been called Babe F and Ruth, as you all know. And, and, and he, he gets here and has that incredible postseason. And then the next year, he misses the whole year with the injury, but battles his way back and, and is able to play in the World Series and spit off those, uh, spit at those Andrew Miller sliders. Unbelievably. Have a very, very good World Series. You got those two guys. But then it's David Bodie, a non-prospect from two years ago, who changed his approach radically. Now he's here with a $15 million contract supporting his three kids while he's playing a bunch, becoming a super utility guy with power of sorts. And Taylor Davis, who hits it. A 49th round draftee out of high school in 2008. 49th round, Taylor Davis got drafted. He said, nah, I'm going to go to Moorhead State instead. So he goes to college, goes to Moorhead State. Phil Simms' alma mater. I share with absolutely 
no tie-in other than uh, the random workings of my brain. So Taylor Davis goes to Moorhead State, and then after his college years, he's an undrafted free agent signee by the Chicago Cubs. And as I said, he's a pitch framer. It's why he's here. Now Victor Caratini is hurt. They don't have another veteran catcher. At age 29, he's out there because maybe he'll be a key to getting you Darvish to be decent. And he's the dude who hits a grand slam on a Saturday afternoon at a packed Wrigley to tie the game up. Those four guys, very different tales of development, internal development, once they got here. Look at everything they've had to deal with. Those four guys, Schwarber with the struggles and going down and having to stay strong and come back up. Baez having to rework things at the big league level. The development at the big league level for him. Bodie from from minor league hitting instructors as they revamped Bodie to mental skills coordinators as they worked with Schwarber and more and these guys getting better before your eyes at the big league level it's a pretty cool little snapshot of development for this Cubs team let's talk to Kevin and Elmhurst Kevin you're up on 670 the score you're on hit and run good morning hi hi Steve. how you doing great I'm ready to uh, hit, hit, hit a few golf balls around listening to you. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned my uh, name earlier. I'm concerned about Contreras playing playing to our, our Contreras pre- playing too much. He had, he had his first day off yesterday in like three weeks. Yeah, Davis, uh, Davis did a good job. Have you ever heard anything about Caratini? Is he is he on the mend? Or do you have, have you heard any kind of backup on that? Yeah, on his way. On his way. Uh, it's sooner rather than later for Caratini. Caratini's around the team. He's working out. I think um, the only times Contreras, Contreras, as Pat calls him, has not started are the U Darvish starts. And I believe other than that, Contreras has caught. I know for a while there it was every inning since Caratini had gone down. I think it's just those two games for, uh, for Davis. Uh, we'll check on that. Thank you, Eli. But, yeah, you have every right to be concerned about Wilson Contreras and the overuse. Because, remember, it was a disastrous second half for Wilson Contreras, including an OPS of under 700 in September. Was it under 600 in September? It was brutal. His September was absolutely brutal, and he was clearly tired. So they got to get more. Um, a, a funny thing on Caratini. So I'm there on Friday, very early in the morning, sitting up there in our radio booth with Zach Zaidman, looking down, and I see two guys taking – um, grounders at shortstop. Two guys taking grounders at shortstop. One of them's David Bodie, and we know he's the uh, the backup shortstop. And then who's the other guy? Why? Who is that other guy? I can't figure out who that is. It's a righty. Is it Mark Zagunis? Who is somebody on the roster who's taking grounders who I can't recognize from the booth? It was Victor Caratini. Just getting some cardio in. He said, no, no, I'm not going to play there. I'm not going to play. Just getting some cardio in. Because you know what? You can warm up two guys at shortstop with the same efficiency as warming up one guy. Bodie takes a grounder, throws it back. As he returns to his position, Caratini's taking a grounder, throwing it back. Just one of those weird little moments where you're like, why is Victor Caratini taking grounders? And um, then you realize, all right, don't worry about it. But I share it with you. Otto, you're in Brookfield. On 670, the score. What's up, Otto? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Of course. Is you, uh, you Darvish, whenever he pitches, obviously he can't get past the fifth inning. I know there's some stat that he hasn't even pitched as a Cub in like the sixth or seventh inning. The seventh. Like that. He's never gotten an out in the seventh as a Cub, yeah. And so you, you got a guy, you're going to have to use your bullpen every time he's out there. You've got to use a special catcher. Is he the most <laughs> expensive number five starter in Major League Baseball history? Um, you know, I'm, that's, it's interesting. I'm sure that there have been other guys 
who have signed those enormous deals and quickly gone to the bottom of a good rotation. But, yeah, that's where he is. That's where he is. But the stuff is so good. The temptation is so good. Even yesterday, Smoltz was saying, oh, he's close, man. He's close. You can tell he's close. You see Darvish? You hear Darvish after the game? He said he's close. Said Darvish said, my problem is I can't throw a strike with the fastball. That seems to be a problem. But now I can throw more strikes with the two-seamer, so I can build off that. I'm close, says Darvish. And I'll, I'll give him credit for this. You know, As you know, you can't fake baseball. If you, if, you, if you watch that game and you go back and watch it, if uh, you were busy during the game as it was happening, you go back and watch it, you can see that there's certain things. Darvish got a little bit squeezed on some balls and strikes early. The Michael Waka chopper for a double to lead off that inning is... You know, it's 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 a babip disaster. Not the Jose Martinez home run that was absolutely destroyed. But you know, you you can you can cut Darvish a little bit of slack at different points there in the first first few innings, the the early innings. But then in the fifth, when you are handed a brand new ball game, you're handed a five five tie. Because your 29-year-old frame, you know, pitch framing catcher goes deep on a grand slam on a magical moment. You are handed a brand new ball game. That is when you have to take over and give your team at least two shutdown innings. At least. It's a manageable pitch count at this point. He only ended up with 81. So he's in the 70s at that point to begin that fifth inning. They were going to pinch hit for him. As Taylor Davis is up, there's a pinch hitter on deck for Darvish. But then Davis hits the grand slam, so Darvish is allowed to bat and allowed to come in. Maybe he thought he was done. Maybe he thought he was done. He would got that wrapped around his head, and then he couldn't, couldn't harness it again on the mound. It's an unfortunate level of maintenance that you have to perform with Darvish. You have to look at it for exactly what it is and just try to get him as comfortable as you possibly can. You have to just own it. And deal with it and try not to be too judgmental about it. If you're on the team, if you're within the team, you know, you can't just get frustrated. You just got to keep trying to give him stuff, keep trying to help him get comfortable, keep trying to get him there until the stuff can be harnessed. But my God, you're given a tie game in the fifth inning. Oh. 670, the score is where you are. 312 644 6767 is the phone number. So these, uh, these Cubs having arrived where they are and now a half game back of, uh, of St. Louis. I'm looking forward to talking some Cardinal stuff with Ranji at the top of the hour. You know, the guy who gave up the home run to Baez yesterday is Brebia. That's the guy who said uh, in response to, to Chris Bryant calling St. Louis boring as he was off the mound with Ryan Dempster on a Friday night at the Cubs convention. And Yadier Molina snaps up and says some stuff on Instagram, other Cardinals players and all this stuff. Jump Brebia is the guy who said, hey, cry me a river, loser. <laughs> to Bryant, which doesn't even really make any sense. He wasn't crying. The only river that should concern you is, is the one that Chicagoans diverted with the engineering marvel of, uh, of our times to send all the sewage down to St. Louis. That's the river that, that you should be concerned with, Brebia. But, you know, this, this, this Cardinals-Cubs thing is, it, it's undeniable. And I felt it on Friday. I told Bernstein and, and Connor McKnight when 
I was with them at noon on Friday. You could feel it around that ballpark. You could feel the level of, yes, wait for it, intensity around that ballpark. On Friday, all the hitters, nobody wanted to talk to us. All the hitters were getting ready for hitters meetings. You got pitchers getting ready for pitchers meetings, working out in the outfield as long as possible, then running and going in for pitchers meetings. Some of that is just because it's the first day of a new series, but just about all the hitters taking BP, and everybody just kind of locked in, locked into place. And then Kyle Hendricks does what he does with an 81-pitch Maddox, which is just absolutely absurd on Friday. Quite a difference between uh, Kyle Hendricks' 81 pitches on Friday and then you Darvish's 81 pitches yesterday. Quite a difference. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. It speaks with you here on Hit and Run. Chris Ranji at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll do a little White Sox when we come back. And, and also, you're going to hear from Chris Sale. A couple of meaty chunks of tape from Chris Sale. This is from yesterday. Talking about Sox both white and red. Talking about himself as an intense youth and how that perhaps has been harnessed a little bit more. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Welcome back in on Hit and Run here on 670 The Score, bottom of the hour. Brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the Big Ten West champion Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Michigan State, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. So been an interesting few months for Chris Sale. He closes out the World Series and is a champion for the Boston Red Sox. Um, had some trouble with his velocity towards the end of last year. Had some trouble with velocity in spring training. Signed an enormous contract extension. And then absolutely sucked for like his first five starts of the year. Um, came back a little bit to the pack. And then just on Friday night had his first really good start of the year. Striking out 10 Chicago White Sox on Friday night. Yesterday he spoke to the media. Including our own Bruce Levine. And one of the things he talked about was that first contract that he signed because Rick Hahn and the White Sox have shown some, some ingenuity in signing those, those preemptive, incredibly team-friendly deals for guys like Quintana and Adam Eaton and then Chris Sale, and then these guys are more tradable and more valuable because of it. Here's Sale uh, when asked about that first contract and um, if, if he ever felt like he was taken advantage of in any way as the years went on. I'm not big on talking about the, the politics or the business side. You know, I was very appreciative for what they did to me um, or did for me. Um, <clears throat> I was sitting there, I was 22 years old, 23 years old. Um, had a young son at the time who just turned nine today. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I think he was two at the time. And, uh, you know, young married couple with a two-year-old. And uh, being able to play in this city and, and play Major League Baseball for five more years, <clears throat> um, you know, make some good money doing it. I was, I was very appreciative of it, and I'll, I'll never forget what they did for me and my family. Um, and like I said, I just I have nothing but appreciation for that entire process. I know, you know, some people, some people look at it and say this or say that, but um, I'd do it again tomorrow if I had to. How about that? Chris Sale, I'd do it again tomorrow if I had to. Cause it, it, and I love that because, A, it is real money. I know it's not absorbent, exorbitant money, but it is real money. And you can wrap your head around that, just like David Bodie signing for $15 million. And it's not, you know, it's not 15 mil a year, but it's $15 million that you know you're getting and guaranteed. So um, love Chris L thinking about it that way. And also, we have seen the inverse. You remember years ago? I don't know why I go to there, go there first, but Scottie Pippen being all angry about a contract extension that he himself had signed. 
How dare they? How dare they? God. Um, here's a little more Chris Sale talking about how he was uh, a feisty young man, a, a slicer of both his GM verbally and his retro jerseys physically. Here's Chris Sale talking about that intensity when he was here and the maturation that he thinks has taken place. I've been able to use it a little bit better in terms of being able to harness it. You know, I, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit when I, you know, when I was younger, I'd get off the rails sometimes, and it it, it wasn't pretty, and I, and I know that, and and everyone knows that, but. Um, that's part of the growing process. You know, you're not going to be perfect. You know, making mistakes makes you a better person if you learn from them. And I'd like to think that, you know, I've, I've learned some very valuable lessons, not only over here or over there, but over here as well. And, I, you know, I just I try to make strides in the right direction no matter what the circumstances are. And, you know, I'm a little bit older now. i got got more kids, so that, that kind of tamed me down a little bit too, so... Um, was, I'm not getting soft, man. I'm not fun. getting soft on was, you. <laughs> you can't say it wasn't fun, though. I mean, even the, even the <clears throat> tough times were fun, weren't they? I mean, the rough moments. Yeah, I mean, every, everything as a whole. I mean, I, I can't I can't sit here and say one bad thing about you know my major league baseball experience. Um, if you got something to say about being a major league baseball player negatively, then then, then you're not doing it right. You know we. We had some tough seasons over there. Uh, we're having a tough season right now over here, yeah. you know, up to this point. Um, and it's still the best job on the planet. I, I still appreciate being a Major League Baseball player. I still love going out there and pitching, and I, I still have that fire and still have that passion. And when that comes, I, it's time to go play some golf and hang out with the family more. It's Chris Sale talking about his maturation um, and how he, he uses it in a different way. Now in Boston, that intensity that got him in trouble sometimes here with the White Sox. The White Sox are three games under 500. They're six games back. They have a negative 29 run differential. Second worst in that division. It is third worst in the American League. The Baltimore Orioles have a minus 68 run differential. The Marlins at minus 71. It's kind of impossible. And yet there they are. Uh, those White Sox just got absolutely destroyed by Red Sox bats last night. And the rotation has troubles. This is Ron on the south side on Hit and Run on the score. Good morning, Ron. What's up, man? Hey, you know what, Matt? That, the White Sox pitching is atrocious. And, and again, I know it's in the rebuild stage, as they say, but one of the things that the manager has talked about is that you have to start winning some baseball games. Uh, there are no more arms there. And I, I, bringing up what's, uh, oh, boy, this guy is going to pitch today. Uh, then Carlson Farmer going back and um, forth. It, it, it's really bad. So I just wanted to point that out. Maybe get you, I know they were talking about possibly signing uh, a, a, a veteran. Uh, so maybe you can comment on do And do one last thing. Please say hello to the Ranger, Ronnie. I spent a lot of time talking about baseball. <laughs> I, know, I know you did, Ron. I'll pass that on for sure. Chris, Ronnie, you'll be here. In a, in a few minutes to uh, be my guest co-host on, on Hit and Run. The White Sox rotation is the worst in majors by more than a run. The 29th worst rotation in baseball is the L.A. Angels with a 5.65 ERA. The White Sox starting rotation has a 6.82 ERA. 1.3 runs worse than the L.A. Angels. That's how bad the White Sox rotation is. And Ronaldo Lopez has a quality start. 
I, I mean, how many quality starts does this does this team even have? I'm going to try and check that on the fly here. Carson Fulmer came back. Oh, here you go. So quality starts. Renato Lopez has three. Carlos Rodon has three, but now he's done. Very possibly for a long, long time. Ivan Nova has two. Lucas Giolito has one. He can come back. But quality start, I mean, that's our baseline, right? That's our baseline with the 4.50 ERA. These days in MLB, they'll take a quality start. My goodness. 6.82 is the team ERA. Carson Fulmer just absolutely destroyed yesterday. And now they made another move. So Fulmer goes down. Juan Manaya is up um, today. Keep kind of shuffling some things around here. Don Cooper, man. It, uh, must be nice. Must be nice to be employed by the White Sox. It really must be. It is loyalty of the highest order. It is often rewarded. Uh, but sometimes you, you, you wonder whether, whether guys still deserve to have these jobs. But they are going to have these jobs. Some of those guys are going to have these jobs for a long, long, long time. Got to work with some of these kids. I, Carson Fulmer seems to have been a scouting whiff as much as, it, you know, as much as anything we can put on Don Cooper. That's just a, a flat-out whiff in the top ten of a draft. This is John in Fox Lake on 670 The Score. Good morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Very good. Hey, um, you know, for the Cubs, when it comes to the playoff time, it's going to be all about pitching, whether it's starting and or closing. So my thing is, do the Cubs, if they're in contention, do they make a trade for pitching, whether it's a closer or adding to the staff? Because Russell Addison feels like he's a trade piece. Addison Russell, as as you flip it around, yeah. No, I I think they would. They're going to keep Russell down there and buy themselves a little time. They don't have a lot to deal away. You know, do you want to deal away an Ian Happ? That's very low value right now, as you've told the world that he needs to go down and work on some stuff, and he is. Um. It, it it would it would have to be it 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 might have to be Russell and maybe that's the way it's going to be and maybe that's why the asset is still here and they've got the time to look around and and think about it but they're not going to see a signing you're not going to see a signing you're not going to see Kimbrel come here after the draft goes away and you don't have to give up the compensatory draft pick the markets for both Kimbrel and Dallas Keuchel will drop significantly I feel bad for Keuchel there's no reason that that dude wasn't able to sign at least what three years, 60 mil, and be somewhere? Yeah, I'm sure he thinks he deserved that, understandably. But he got nothing. It's crazy. Now just sitting around, sitting around and waiting. This is Riles in Gridley on the score. What's up, Riles? How are you? Morning, Spicks. Doing great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, this, is, uh, this is coming from a Cardinal fan perspective. Been a really good series so far, especially obviously for the Cubs. And regardless of what happens in this last game, um, Cardinals aren't going anywhere. They're a quality ball club, and we'll see what happens the rest of the year. But I've got to say, great job by Madden in starting that uh, that Davis that catcher. Huh. And I don't think we had any kind of scouting report. It was not a bad move to walk Schwarber. It set up the the double play. And he just turned it and burned on 
what was not a bad fastball. It was 95 yeah. on the on the inner third, but he turned and burned. He was looking for it. Should have made a little bit better pitch. And, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the year. Yeah, 29-year-old catcher with his first career Major League homer. He's been up for some September cups of coffee the last couple of years and now getting a an extended stint and getting a chance to do his thing. He's out there because he's a pitch framer and a good one. And he's out there because he and Darvish had a very quick tempo that worked together last time. And I'd put him back out there again with Darvish next time, if he's still here, if Caratini's not back by then. I, I would give Taylor Davis another shot at, at Darvish. Contreras did have a couple of off days this week as we looked back on his game logs. So, you know, it's good that they're giving him some chances. Good that they're giving him some chances with off days both in the schedule and with Taylor Davis on this every once in a while. Yeah, those Cardinals are good, man. Cardinals are good. Got a lot of, uh, lot of decent pitchers. Some more coming back. I'll be interested to see what they do with Carlos Martinez when he comes back, whether he's a bullpen piece or a rotation piece. I need a St. Louis radio guy to talk about this stuff with. Good thing Chris Ranji's here in 10 minutes. This is Tom in Arlington Heights on 670 The Score. What's up, Tom? Good morning. Hi there. Hey. Uh, since the subject that Don Cooper came up, uh, you know, I'm not in a bullpen. I'm not on the sidelines. I'm not in a clubhouse. But it sure seems to me, based on the results, this guy's been phoning it in for a long time. <laughs> I mean, when's the last young pitcher he's actually developed? Carson Fulmer is a number one choice. Nothing out of him. Uh, you he, know, he, he, is, Lopez, he, he, is Lopez and Giolito really progressing? They get one, one good start out of three or four. Uh, when's the last reclamation project they've brought in and he's done something with so it, it's it's either he's phoning it in or the Sox talent evaluation is is down the toilet because uh and that gives you a little faith in the whole rebuild well but i really think it's time for a a fresh voice i don't know what he's got on these guys but uh he's lasted too many managers and he, he, like I said, he's to me. He's just phoning it in. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not there to watch the work and see whether he's phoning it in. I, I can't accuse the man of that. I can sit here and try to remember the reclamation projects, the last one, because there, there were a lot of success stories at different points in Cooper's career, where guys would come here and he'd be like, "Yep, oh, I found that flaw in your delivery, found it, and corrected him." And sometimes it would be very effective and it would last. But not a, not a lot of those, not a lot of those recently. You know, a few success stories along the way, a few guys doing a little better than you think their stuff should warrant. Some guys he's, he's harnessed and, and, and helped them kind of key in on what they do. But who are we talking about? Jace Fry? Uh, Lopez has a tremendous arm and looked so good two starts ago, but... Where is that consistency? Why isn't it happening? Giolito was the worst pitcher in baseball over the course of last year. He pitched all year, stayed healthy, then made some really significant changes in the offseason, thought things were going to be really good for Giolito. He got hurt. He's come back. I still give him a chance. Rodon, I would have given Coop and have given Coop a lot of credit for Rodon adding that changeup and beginning to trust the changeup and evolving the way he has. And Rodon had a long stretch where he was really good last year, and I thought things were going to be really good for this year. And then it's been bad, and the arm has been trouble. And we're left here looking around and wondering 
what what Don Cooper has and what he can find and, and tweak with some of these guys. You know, to give him credit for Jose Quintana, Jose Quintana, a a, a guy just, you know, hand-picked off the Yankees roster that they didn't want, um, you know, pulled pulled away from obscurity and found himself here. We give Coop credit for that, maybe. If only I have somebody who did White Sox pre and post and talked to Coop every day for several years that so we could maybe talk about Cooper with. We'll do that with Chris Ranji, among other things. He's also a Cardinals uh, I, I'm sure he's a Cardinals apologist now. I, I don't know. I'll look forward to hearing it. We'll do that next. Chris Ronji is my guest co-host for Hit and Run. That will be next on 670 The Score. Omar Vizquel in an hour. Keep it right here. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.